Hello, Mighty Warriors. Welcome to the Mighty Warriors podcast, a podcast dedicated to inspire and encourage you to experience a deeper intimacy with God and to be transformed by His Word in your everyday life. I'm Colette Correa, your favorite host, and it's always a delight to have you tune in. And wherever you're joining us from, you're very welcome. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever get angry? If so, please stay tuned. This is episode 13, and we will discuss when unchecked anger leads to murder. Uh-oh. Stay tuned. Hello, beautiful people. I hope you and your family are in good health. Thank you for joining us again this week. We are continuing our journey of going through uh, some of the Bible stories so that we can get a good overview of God's story and see how we fit within the storyline. In our last episode, we discovered that disobedience is sin, and that sin separates us from God. Moreover, the wages of sin is death. Adam and Eve were banished from the Garden of Eden, and contrary to what we might think, it was not because God was enraged against them, but because in His mercy, He wanted to protect them and prevent them from eating from the Tree of Life. If they were to eat from the tree of life, they would live in their state of sin forever. And God wanted to prevent that. Today, we're going to look at Adam and Eve's life outside of the Garden of Eden, where they start their lives with the knowledge of good and evil. Their lives, as they knew it, previously changed radically. Eve gives birth to a son, and this is where our story starts. In Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. And here is what it says. Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, With the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought forth an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right... Will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. 
Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, Not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. As human beings, we experience a variety of emotions, and anger is one of them. Anger is a strong emotion that has its appropriate place when it is controlled. For example, our desire for justice and protecting the vulnerable is a good cause because we want to see wrong obliterated so that righteousness may prevail. We could call this righteous anger. However, when our anger is not controlled, we can become vulnerable to the devil, as expressed in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 through 27, which says, Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Being vulnerable to the devil would imply that we could be tempted and even deceived in taking matters into our own hands and cause irreparable harm, as we see here with Cain killing his brother. But what was Cain's motive in killing his brother Abel? The most apparent motive here is that Cain was jealous. In his heart, how could God accept his younger brother over him? His expectation was definitely that he would be accepted as well as his offering. The Bible does not tell us specifically why God accepted Abel over Cain. However, in Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, we read, In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborns of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. That particular text does not tell us the reason why God rejected Cain over Abel. However, one suggestion is that Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil while Abel brought fat portions from the firstborn of his flock. Another common suggestion is that God expected an animal offering over some of the fruits of the soil. Although, throughout the Bible, and especially when God gave the law to the Israelites, we see that God would accept animal sacrifices as well as grain offerings. Nonetheless, while the reason is not specified, we know that the outcome is clear. God accepts Abel and his offering, but rejects Cain. When we explore the scriptures a little further by going to other books, here's what it has to say about Cain and Abel. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 35, Jesus testifies that the blood of Abel was righteous blood and that he was a righteous man. 
In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4 it says, By faith Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous, God testifying about his gifts. And through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. In contrast to Abel, here is what it says about Cain. In John chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, here's what it says. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. So God finds Cain very angry, dejected, with his face downcast, and confronts him by asking in verse 6, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? God is giving him a chance to look inwardly and face his emotions so he can remedy his attitude. So in Genesis chapter 4 verse 7, he tells him, If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Number one, God instructs Cain to do what is right, so he will be accepted. Number two, God instructs him that if he does not do what is right, sin is crouching at his door. Number three, God tells him that he must rule over sin. In other words, he must control his emotions. Otherwise, they will get the best of him. Cain was rejected by God, but God did not reject him to hurt him, but to teach him, to direct him, to help him understand that something was amiss and that something needed to be fixed. So rather than correcting his way by bringing the appropriate offering and even fixing his attitude, he simmered in his jealousy, letting his negative thoughts affect his mood and plotted to kill his brother. Every human being has a conscience, which helps us determine right from wrong. And surely Cain had a conscience. In Romans chapter 2 verse 15, it is written that the law is written in our hearts and that our conscience bears witness. All of us are without excuse. When we do something wrong, something within us signals us that what we've done is not morally right. And in this particular instance, God spoke directly to Cain to confront him of what he had done so he could repent. Today, we have the Holy Spirit to convict us of sin, before his crucifixion, Jesus explained to his disciples of what was to come. He explained to them in the Gospel of John chapter 16, verses 7 through 11, that once his mission would be accomplished, God the Father would send the Holy Spirit, and that the Holy Spirit would lead us into all truth, convicting us of sin. When the Holy Spirit convicts us 
our heart grieves for not doing what is right in the eyes of God. And that feeling of grief is a feeling of remorse and regret after sinning. And so although God knows exactly what Cain has done, he's giving him an opportunity to repent, but he doesn't. Here's what he does when God confronts him and asks him where his brother is. He lies and says that he doesn't know. He evades the question and then disrespectfully say, Am I my brother's keeper? And after killing his brother, we can observe that Cain has no remorse, no emotions, no words of sorrow, not even a plea to be forgiven. His heart is callous, devoid of any emotions. His conscience is seared. He was much more concerned for himself when God pronounced judgment than concerned about what he had just done. What does the Bible tell us about anger? Number one, anger leads to discord and quarreling, which in turn leads to many sins. Here is what Proverbs chapter 29 verse 22 says. An angry person stirs up conflict and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. Psalms 37 verse 8 says, Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. Number two, anger displays foolishness. Only fools vent their rage. Here are three passages of scriptures that actually speak of the foolishness of an angry person. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 11. Fools give full vent of their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 29. Whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quickly tempered displays folly. And finally, Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 9. Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit. Anger resides in the lap of fools. Number three, anger can lead to hatred and murder. 1 John chapter 3, verse 15 says, Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 through 16, we read earlier that Cain killed his brother because of the anger that was lodged in his heart. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 through 23, Jesus equates anger to murder. Number four, anger leads to our using unkind words, insults towards one another. And Jesus points that out to us in Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 22. Number five, Anger is an open door to the devil to cause us to sin. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 and 27, it says, Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Number six, anger becomes addictive. And we read that from Proverbs chapter 19, verse 19. And it says, a hot-tempered person must pay the penalty. Rescue them and you will have to do it again. The issue with this type of individual is that 
they do not learn from their previous outburst. They get angry, and every time they get angry, it gets worse. What this person needs to learn is that they need to face their anger and learn what is the root of their anger and understand that there is a place to be angry, to express righteous anger, but an individual who continues to have outbursts, either through their words or through their actions, and if they do not learn to contain or to control their frustrations, they will have to pay the consequences. Number seven, anger can turn into bitterness. Untreated anger can fester into bitterness. And we see that in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 through 31. And it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful and building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. You know, when you, when you feel angry, it's because something happened. But if you do not deal with what happened and you let it simmer, and fester in your heart, it can turn into bitterness. And then you go from being angry to being angry with the flip of a switch and really becoming enraged. Number eight, anger does not produce the righteousness of God. Here is what it says in James chapter 1 verses 19 through 21. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So what kind of fruit does God want to see in our lives? In Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, we read, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. In other words, these fruits do no harm to our neighbor. But in contrast, anger leads in path of destruction and in all kinds of evil. So we would do well to develop the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So how can we deal with anger? People tend to be angry when their expectations are unfulfilled. The wise thing for us to do is to familiarize ourselves with what the Bible says concerning anger so that we can understand the path of life and peace so we will know how to deal with anger and not have a quick reaction when things do not go our way. Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 through 21 says that 
Fits of rage, which is anger, is an act of the flesh. And those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Here are some passages that I find very beneficial and extremely important for us to learn from so we may deal with anger in an appropriate manner. So, number one, believe God and trust Him. The first passage of scripture that is important for us to familiarize ourselves with comes from Romans chapter 12, verse 19, which says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. It is so crucial for us to trust what God tells us concerning this because then we will not become judges and take matters into our own hands, but trust that God in His wisdom and perfect timing will bring about the appropriate judgment and justice. Number two, use kind, gentle words to communicate. If an angry person provokes you by speaking harsh words, don't fight back. Simply moderate your tone. Lower your voice. It is very easy to get entangled in unfruitful conversations and quickly react or engage them in their harsh tones. But Proverbs chapter 15 verse 1 tells us, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So responding in a spirit of gentleness moderates the conversation and de-escalates the tone of the conversation. Number three, do not associate with angry, hot-tempered people. It might sound quite harsh to suggest to stay away from angry people, but this is meant to be for our good. Otherwise, to our own detriment, we might learn some of their mannerisms and become just like them. Until a person is open and willing to temper their emotions and moderate their tones and actions, we should not associate with them, but create a safe boundary, lest their negative emotions and negative reactions slowly become our very own. Here is what Proverbs chapter 22 verse 24 says, Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered. And 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 33 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Number four, be self-controlled and do not easily lose your temper. Here is what Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 9 says, Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit for anger resides in the lap of fools. Number five, control your mouth and rid yourself of anger. Ephesians chapter four, verses 29 through 31 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful and building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. And then in Colossians chapter 3 verse 8 it says, 
But now you must also rid yourselves of such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Number six, develop patience by being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. How many of us are already thinking of an argument as soon as somebody starts yelling? We're ready to argue back and to quarrel. But here is what it says here in James chapter 1 verses 19 through 21. My brothers, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. And then Proverbs chapter 15 verse 18 says, A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. Are you the type of person who calms a quarrel? Or are you the type who just stirs it up and continues to argue and to yell and that elevates the temperature in a room? I'm not perfect, but I want to be the type that is patient, that is calm, that actually uses gentle words, encouraging words to lower the temperature. And I hope that you can be inspired to do the same. I've shared a lot of scriptures today. And so these passages of scriptures are meant for you to look at yourself. The word of God is like a mirror. We read it, we listen to it, and It helps us see who we are or who we aspire to be. And so listen to these passages very carefully. Take note of uh, some of these references so that you can go back to them and read them again and meditate on them. Number seven, be a promoter of peace. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. And Psalms 34 verse 14 says, Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Number eight, examine your heart and reconcile before the end of the day. The Bible doesn't tell us to ignore or suppress anger but to deal with it appropriately. And that's why in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 and 27, it says that in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. If your situation is not resolved by the end of the day, as you lay down to sleep, when you wake up, the situation might be even worse. And your heart might even get hardened. You might make some decisions that you regret. It is better to deal with anger very quickly so it does not hold you in bondage. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 through 26, 
we are told that if we find ourselves before God worshiping and then remember that someone holds anything against us, we ought to go to them to be reconciled with them first and then return before God and continue to worship. In Matthew chapter 6 verses 14 through 15, we are reminded that if we forgive others their trespasses against us, God will forgive us. However, if we do not forgive, nor will God forgive us our trespasses. So if our heart is filled with anger because we are frustrated, or if someone stops talking to us and we don't really understand why and they seem to be angry with us, the best thing to do is to go to them, to be reconciled and to sort it out and to not let it fester. You might wonder, when is anger ever appropriate? In Scripture, we have example of Jesus getting angry. In the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, and John, he is indignant over what the money changers have done with the temple, which is intended to be a house of prayer. So, in his zeal, he expresses disapproval for what they are doing there. On another occasion, Jesus is angry and quite distressed that the Pharisees are stubborn in heart. However, in his anger, Jesus never sinned. His anger was righteous and always motivated to exalt the name of God and that God's name would be in its rightful place. In the Bible, we are not forbidden to feel anger. In fact, again, as mentioned in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 and 27, it says, in your anger, do not sin. So, of course, it's acknowledged and understood that we will feel the emotion of anger. We are told that in our anger, we should not let the sun go down while we are angry. We should re resolve whatever is in our hearts and express that and solve it. Otherwise, it will give an opportunity for the devil to have a foothold in our particular situation and makes matters worse. Anger is an emotion that stirs us up whenever we want to see justice and oftentimes than not, we do not demonstrate righteous anger. We struggle in our selfish anger and our actions lead us to destructive emotions. It is very easy for us to condemn Cain's act because we can never see ourselves as a murderer. We look at his act and we quickly distant ourselves, but the very sinful nature that was in Cain is in us. We too have a proclivity towards sin that can only be controlled with the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. God told Cain in Genesis chapter 4 verse 7, If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. In other words, if we align ourselves with God's will, if we do what is right and align ourselves with His decisions, with God's will, we will be able to avoid much anger, rage, and suffering. 
let us make sure we follow God's path, God's will. Precious Heavenly Father, thank you for opening our eyes today to anger, an emotion that comes into our lives and sometimes accompanied with shame, rejection, fear, powerlessness, pride, which oftentimes leads us to frustration and anger. I want to change. I know that some listeners probably want to change. We want to change. Help us to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that you desire, God. Teach us to use our words with caution because a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Heal any wounds we have inflicted on people out of anger through our words or through our actions. Help us to commit to let no words proceed out of our mouth but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearer. Lord, we want to commit to turn away from anger and rage. And we recognize today that angry people are often out of control. And this is why you tell us in your word that a fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. Help us to be tempered in our emotions because people who are self-controlled are considered wise, patient, calm individuals. And I pray that I become such a person. I pray that my listeners would become such a person and that we would walk in the Spirit so we will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. My earnest prayer is that we would not grieve your Holy Spirit, but that we would seek to be peacemakers, reconcilers, as you encourage us to do, as far as it depends on us, that we would live at peace with everyone. Thank you for helping us as we take a step of faith in changing and in growing through our emotions. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Dear friend, thank you very much for joining us today. I hope that this episode has shown some light on anger. And if you are struggling with anger, that it has given you a few tips on how to moderate your emotion. And please don't feel like you're the only one out there. We all struggle with anger and it is a growing process for all of us. And so I hope that these scriptures that I have shared today uh, will help you as you meditate on them and learn how to temper your emotions. This is the end of our episode, but no worries, I'll be back soon.
Au revoir. 